Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast, a show created to be your go-to source for straightforward retirement advice. Best of all, it is presented in a language that you can understand. Are you ready for some straight talk on retirement planning without all the fluff? Well, you found the right podcast. Here's your host, certified financial planner, Greg Gonzalez. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm Greg Gonzalez. I hope everybody survived tax season. Always good to get taxes out of the way. And for those that aren't familiar with taxes and retirement and the differences than when you're working, there's going to be some differences, especially depending on what state you live in. Now, there's 50 states in this great country. There's some states that are more tax friendly than others, certainly. And nothing I say on this podcast is going to apply to everybody because there's some states where they're extremely tax friendly and there's other states that are, well, not so much. And I know many of our listeners have seen these reports of the migration of people that are leaving states like California and New York and Illinois, and they're going to states like Texas and Florida to Tennessee, where it's more favorable, probably from a climate standpoint and from a tax standpoint. And the same goes with companies. A lot of companies have been uprooting from California, New York, states like that, and they're going to states like Texas where it's more tax-friendly. So taxes are so, so meaningful, not only in our lives and the decisions that we make, hey, maybe you want to live somewhere where the cost of living is more reasonable, where taxes are lower, but also corporations make these decisions as well, and they want to be in a state that's more tax-friendly to them, and that's going to open up a lot, lot more jobs for people in those states. So taxes are a big, big driver in the decisions that we make. And we're also going to be talking about quality of not only investments, but also assets, and why quality is something that you should really, really consider before you own or invest in something And then lastly, I wanted to share a quick story of a conversation that I had from a listener of the podcast and also someone that saw the Retirement Made Easy TV show here in St. Louis. Very interesting conversation. And this person had a retirement plan that was prepared for them, and they were not satisfied with this retirement plan. And I'm going to talk about why they weren't satisfied and what was missing. And I think one of the skills that I've developed, and I think we can all be better listeners. And I have tried to ask better questions and really see the world through the eyes of the person that I'm talking to, right? Because we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different feelings and personalities. And one of the best things that I've really, really been working on the past few years is to be a better listener. God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. But the problem a lot of people have is that the average rate of speech for an American is 125 words per minute. We can talk, on average, 125 words per minute, but the brain, the human brain, can actually process 800 words per minute. So a lot of times, as somebody's talking, you're thinking, as the person listening, what you're about to say next, and you're not really listening. You're not listening intently to really what they're saying. You're listening so you can talk next. And so that's one of the things that I've tried to get better and better at is to take time when I'm talking to somebody and really hear them out and ask good questions so I can understand their situation and what they've experienced. So this person was kind enough to explain and share an experience that they had 
of a bad retirement plan that was presented to them. So I had to just share this story of this person. I'm not going to, of course, give their name, but they live here in St. Louis, Missouri. And I think it'll be eye-opening for a lot of people out there that maybe have had or seen one of these retirement plans because so many people tell me, oh, there's a retirement calculator online where you plug in some numbers and it spits out a formula or spits out something out the end and it tells you if you're good to go or you're in the red. And that's not what a retirement plan should be. There's a lot, lot more to it. So we will end our episode today talking about that. So before we get into all that, I'll just mention my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. That's where you can listen to all previous episodes. We've got, what, almost 140 episodes now. And I'm starting to get to the point where I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I understand that I could have talked about a topic on episode number eight. And here we are at episode number 140 or whatever it is, and maybe somebody didn't listen to episode eight, but I'll just kind of keep going and recycle some of the material and the knowledge that I can pass along. So as much as I kind of feel like I'm repeating myself, I have to take into account that probably most of the listeners haven't listened to all 140 episodes. So, but if you haven't, you can do so right there on the website or through iTunes or Spotify, wherever you are listening on the website under the resources tab, I've got free resources that you can download and just put in your email address and it emails it right to you. We don't spam you or anything like that, but we've got three steps to the retirement planning process right there on the website. Again, download these free resources and then send questions at the bottom of the website. Ask Greg a question. You can submit those. And lastly, you can sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching call right there on the main page of the website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. All right, let's jump into today's episode, talking about increasing the quality of the investments or the assets that you own. And I started off the inspiration for this. I actually had some repairs done to my fridge and it's a fridge freezer combination. It's even got a water dispenser and an ice maker in it. And what's interesting, I had a very, very good conversation with the owner of an appliance repair company here in St. Louis, Missouri. And this fridge that I own is a Kenmore Elite. And it has been nothing but problems <laughs> since the day I bought it. I've owned it about four years now. And it's actually manufactured by LG. So that was something that, that was new to me. I had no idea. I learned, hey, Kenmore did not even manufacture this. It's actually an LG. So it has had problem after problem. But I was able to have a very candid conversation with the owner of this appliance repair company. I just asked him point blank. I said, of all the different refrigerators that are out there, which ones are reliable? Which one would you buy? that would kind of be maintenance-free, you know, of all the different brands. And I said, there's Maytag, there's Whirlpool, there's KitchenAid, there's GE, there's Samsung, there's Amana or Amana, however you say that, Fisher and Paykel, all these different ones, Frigidaire. Which one would you buy? Where do you start? And I always want to buy quality. And my grandpa would always say, good things aren't cheap and cheap things aren't good. Buy quality. 
buy things that are going to last. And it was interesting because this guy knew, I mean, he does this every single day. He's repairing these fridges and appliances. He knows which ones are good and which ones are the qualities, reliable units that never break down. And he said, well, you don't want a Maytag. You don't want a Samsung. You definitely don't want a Samsung or an LG. And I said, well, you've named so many that are bad. What What's the quality name nowadays? Which ones are built to last nowadays? And he said, well, when it comes to fridges, GEs, believe it or not, the new GE fridges are made really, really well. So hopefully that helps somebody. Maybe there's a listener that just happens to be looking at purchasing a new appliance, a new fridge. Then you kind of know from all the money that I spent repairing mine, I can tell you what not to look at, what's not quality in my experience And that is a Kenmore Elite. I don't even know if they make them anymore. I assume they do, but I would stay away from those at all costs. And if you're looking for a vehicle, there's a guy on YouTube. His name is Scotty Kilmer. He's been a mechanic for, I don't know, 40, 50 years. And when he's talking, he's waving his hands. You can't miss the guy. But he's got like, I don't know, five and a half, six million listeners or subscribers on YouTube, whatever it is. So if you're a car person or want to learn a lot about which vehicles are reliable, which one a mechanic like him, like Scotty would buy. You can find him, watch all of his videos on YouTube. The guy is really, really entertaining. And he is just a wealth of knowledge being a mechanic and fixing cars for literally decades. So check him out on YouTube. But his big thing, he's really a big fan of Toyotas and Hondas, it seems like. And he brings up how they're built, just quality He he talks about quality control and especially the Toyotas that are manufactured in Japan. They're actually put together really, really well. And a lot of the Toyotas now are built in North America and they're actually built really, really well. A lot of them down in Texas. And he even goes into, hey, if you're looking at a GM or a Ford, there's specific models that he likes that are more reliable and they're just built better than other vehicles that are known to have issues and known to have problems. But it all comes down to quality. So when you're looking at your investment portfolio, for example, what are the companies that we're investing in? Are we investing in quality companies that have very little debt? They have strong balance sheets. They're growing companies. Their revenues are going up and up and up. They're hiring more people. They're expanding. They're maybe buying or merging with other companies. So without mentioning specific mutual funds or specific securities or stocks or anything like that, because on this podcast, my compliance department will not allow me to mention specific investments. But what I'm trying to get across here is when you're looking at your portfolio and looking to say, should I be making changes or modifications or adjustments to this portfolio, check the quality of what you own. And are you confident? in the direction that these investments are headed. And it really doesn't matter if we're talking a stock mutual fund, ETF, if it's like a bond, what's the bond? What's the credit rating? Is it a junk bond? Is it real estate? The real estate, is it in a good area that's expanding? Are rents going up in that area? And then on a more micro level, looking at the companies, the stocks that are in the investment, or maybe they're individual stocks, and saying, hey, are these companies paying off debt? Are they headed in the right direction? Or are they like a company that is just treading water, right? 
I remember years and years ago, I had a client that had inherited some Sears stock back in the day. And as everybody knows, Sears has really, really had some challenges and issues. And the business has really, really been going down and down and down. And they've sold off different units and things like that. Like they sold off the Craftsman line and just trying to stay ahead and borrowing more money and borrowing more money and trying to do this and that to stay afloat. And I asked this client, I said, why do you still own the Sears stock? And their response was, well, my mom worked for Sears for over 20 years. And I think we can all agree that Sears was a much, much different company 20 years ago than it is today. So we want to continue to analyze the investments that we own to make sure that we should still own them. Is this still a quality investment or should we pivot? Is it something that we should sell and replace with something that's higher quality, which has a higher probability of a more positive outcome in the future? It's kind of like, hey, when you have an investment that's a sinking ship, at some point you got to make a decision. I have a client who has inherited a rental property that was in a bad part of town. And believe me, even with real estate prices going up across the country the last few years, this property is really not gaining any ground. But property taxes have actually been going up. And it's in such a bad area of town here in St. Louis that they're having a hard time renting it out because no one wants to live there. And again, it's the quality of this rental home, it's just not there. It's not in a good location. So the moral of the story or this lesson today is look at the quality of the investments and the assets that you own. And are they still a good investment? And are they headed in the right direction? So the next topic I wanted to jump into was taxes. I don't know, it was a famous quote that the only two certainties in life are taxes and death. I don't know who said that, but it's really stuck with me. And I have talked about this on previous episodes. I will try to put a link in the show notes for the states that are most tax-friendly for retirees. Again, check out that episode. We'll link it in the show notes. Very, very interesting episode that we covered on that. So I have clients in over 20 different states. I've kind of lost count. I hope, again, one day I'll have clients in all 50 states. That'd be kind of neat. But kind of looking ahead at where you're going to be in retirement, where you're going to live. So if we knew we were moving to Florida, for example, which they don't have a state income tax, that might have a big impact on the decisions that we make, certainly now, but also in the next few years once we get down to Florida. Now, depending on what state you're in and the rules, some states, they will tax part of your IRA or like the first dollar amount of withdrawals from an IRA are not taxed. For example, the state of Arkansas, the first $6,000 that you withdraw as a distribution out of your IRA is not taxed. You don't pay any state income tax on. So the question comes down to how are my taxes going to be different in retirement versus they are when you're working and getting an idea of the difference. I think this is a very, very good idea to get a grasp on how your taxes are going to be different because what that'll tell you is the decisions maybe that you should be making now or delaying and putting off until retirement. A lot of times this is maybe Roth conversions, for example, are a hot topic. And a lot of people are asking, should I do the Roth conversions now before I retire or wait until I'm retired? And then as far as your retirement income and making sure that it's most tax efficient, 
Sometimes we will wait to sell non-retirement or brokerage assets. Let's say that you own some stocks or ETFs in a non-retirement account. Sometimes we will wait until retirement to do that when you're in a lower tax environment and then you can sell those assets and pay zero capital gains, potentially pay lower or no capital gains tax on the gain. But of course, we cannot let taxes get in the driver's seat. I'll tell one quick story. I used to do a radio show here in St. Louis. This was years and years ago. And one gentleman came and booked an appointment with me. And he was worth about $3 million, a single guy. He was a bit of an oddball. I've never met a guy like this. And I was asking him about his goals. I always try to ask people, what are your goals? What is your retirement vision? What's it look like? What are your values? What's important to you? And I've never had someone say, I don't want to pay any income taxes. And so, okay, I said, and I didn't ask why. I noticed with his portfolio, it was developed and arranged in a way where it couldn't lose, but it also couldn't gain. And I said, what is the idea behind this? Aren't you trying to make sure your money lasts as long as you do? And he said, I don't want my portfolio earning interest because then I might have to pay taxes on my social security benefit and I don't want to pay any taxes. I would rather see my money not make more money and compound than pay taxes. I couldn't get over this, still to this day. So if, let's say, and it was $3 million that this gentleman had a portfolio, let's say he can make 3%. And I'm not a mathematician, but 3% on $3 million is $90,000 of interest. And his response to that was, I don't want to earn interest. I don't want to earn the 3% interest or $90,000 a year because then I'd have to pay taxes on my social security benefit. And to me, that doesn't make sense because the taxes he would end up paying on the social security benefit are a heck of a lot less than the $90,000 net after you pay taxes. Then let the $90,000 of interest pay the taxes. So again, Yes, taxes are extremely important, and we want to get a picture of how our taxes are going to be different now versus retirement, but you can't let taxes get in the driver's seat because you'll make bad decisions sometimes, like this gentleman certainly did. I tell people all the time, you want to try to minimize your lifetime taxes, but you don't want to try to avoid them altogether. That's a bad idea by trying to avoid them. But certainly one of the most common mistakes I see people make is, not doing tax planning when they're thinking about their retirement income. And by not doing that or not getting help and guidance from your either financial planner or tax advisor, you might be paying more in taxes than you need to. And what that's going to do is, well, that runs you at the risk of your money not lasting as long as you do because you're paying extra in taxes than you need to be. And one of the most popular questions that I get from people that are approaching retirement is, how do I make sure my money lasts as long as I do? And tax planning just happens to be one tool, if you will, that can kind of stack the odds in your favor. Okay, I want to switch gears here before we wrap up today and kind of share this conversation that I had with someone who not only listens to the podcast, but also the local Retirement Made Easy television show that we have now. And this person said that they had experienced a retirement plan, had a retirement plan prepared for them, and they weren't happy. They were unsatisfied with it. Once they said that, I didn't stop there. I asked, 
what was it about the retirement plan that didn't meet your expectations? And I asked them to describe the retirement plan, what it included, what it didn't include, what they were hoping to see, what it actually provided them, what was useful about it. I was asking this person all these questions to get an idea of what was presented to them. Because depending on the financial planner that's preparing the retirement plan, I mean, you could get all different outputs. I mean, let's face it, really it comes down to the work and the capabilities of the financial planner that's actually designing it. And I think just as a really quick example, part of my driveway redone with concrete, and I had a couple different bids or proposals, and and there were a couple different companies that I had come out. And some people gave me bids where it was literally just an email, and this is what it's going to cost, this is the square foot, and this is it. And then I had other proposals where they were more formalized, and they actually had somewhat of a diagram or picture of what it would be, the costs, all the kind of materials included, very, very elaborate and detailed with these proposals. They weren't just bids. So, of course, I ended up going with the ones that were told me everything, gave me everything instead of just a number, meaning a cost. If it were as simple as just looking at a cost, well, you go with the lowest bid and then you just assume the quality of the work is the same from one person to the next, from one company to the next. Well, actually, the proposals and the person presenting the proposal to me kind of showed me or demonstrated their level of knowledge with how I wanted my driveway redone so the water would run off and they were listening to what I wanted as an end result. So actually the proposal that was most detailed was what I went with. It's the same thing with a retirement plan. Make sure it includes everything you're looking for. In this person's case, what was really interesting is they went to a financial planner or financial advisor who worked for or represented an insurance company. So it kind of, as this person was describing the retirement plan, it had the taste of insurance, if you will. It had the bias of insurance just like written all over it. And basically, at the end of the plan, the action items or recommendation was, hey, you have a shortfall for long-term care. You have a shortfall or a risk for life insurance that needs to be filled and a shortfall or or risk that needs to be covered for disability insurance. Those three different risks were what needed, were the gaps that the retirement plan highlighted that needed to be solved. And what I found interesting was there were no recommendations as far as an investment portfolio or taxes or claiming social security. It it just, the person said that it just assumed they would both collect right away as soon as they retired. It was very vague as far as where their retirement income would come from. However, it was extremely detailed when it came to the insurance section of the retirement plan, the risk that needed to be accounted for. And again, those risks were long-term care, life insurance, and disability insurance coverage. So based on how the plan was described to me, it sounded like it was more of an insurance analysis of the risks that were out there that needed to be covered and not a retirement plan. And I think the issue here is this person had a retirement plan. I call it a retirement blueprint at my company, but it was prepared from somebody representing an insurance company. And so it kind of had some bias to it, if you will. 
Now, and I am not saying that these needs didn't need to be filled. I don't know enough about the situation to make that call. Certainly, insurance has its place. It's a great way of transferring risk to an insurance company. If my house is paid off, well, guess what? I still have homeowner's insurance for my home because in case it burns down, it's one of my biggest assets. I want to make sure that's protected as all of my clients, even if their home's paid off, we do recommend homeowner's insurance. Insurance has its place. I'm not saying that it doesn't. What I am saying is that you have to recognize that there's going to be some bias if you go to a specific company. If I show up to a Chrysler parking lot, chances are they're going to probably try to sell me a Chrysler vehicle, whether it's a Jeep, a Dodge, something like that. So just like I shouldn't be surprised if the Chrysler car salesman tries to sell me a Chrysler vehicle, if I go to an insurance company, I'm not going to be surprised if they do an analysis, an insurance analysis, and they identify areas of risk that should be covered with insurance products. So with that being said, in summary, not all retirement plans are created equally. They're just not. It really depends on who is producing the retirement plan for you and what all is going into the plan. So I hope this discussion, this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful. Hey, if you have questions, go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. If I can help with a retirement coaching session, you can sign up there on the main page. I'll see you next week. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The Smart Vester program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Vester are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. Thank you for listening to the show today. Check us out at our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And if you want some help from Greg, submit your questions at the bottom of the page or sign up for a 30-minute retirement coaching session with Greg. We'll see you next week.